Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. The only time I've ever done anything like that was like, I and I, it's just a, a business side. Was like that, that guy's not worth. I mean, that's not enough to pay for uh, the fight between me and him. Right, right, right. right. Like that, I, I mean, I, and and actually, both times that happened, I I actually wound up because the guy said I was running from. Him, I said I want to go. Okay, no problem. We'll fight. Mm-hmm. Winner take all. Mm-hmm. I want you. I want your show money. This episode of Knocking Doors Down is sponsored by Mad Moose Barbecue. Make sure you check out their award-winning barbecue sauces and rubs at MadMooseBBQ.com. That's MadMooseBBQ.com. This episode of Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. These guys are hilarious and informative, and they're brought together by their common struggle. Mike and Nat get to know each other's addiction story on air and realize they have more in common than they thought. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and MiddleAgesRecovery.com. That's MiddleAgesRecovery.com. This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast with guest celebrities, experts, and everyday people who've overcome a variety of obstacles, including addiction, trauma, and mental health issues. And they've used these adversities as their greatest advantages to live purposeful lives. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. Your host, Jason, alcoholic, been through some childhood trauma. My awesome co-host, Uncle Mikey over there. Been through some trauma myself, anxiety, depression, all that good stuff, but what are you going to do? Well, we uh, sit down and talk with some awesome, amazing people. We bring a lot of humor to the conversations and kind of dig back into their backstory to get a little more perspective on uh, their overall life scope. And Chuck Liddell, our guest, no different. The Iceman. We thank you guys for listening to Knocking Doors Down, of course, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, of course, at kddpodcast.com, because you might be like Mikey and Visual, and if people go to the website, they can check it out on... On YouTube! Check it out. I'm a visual guy. That's right. I need to see it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, check it out. Please uh, subscribe there on our YouTube channel as well. Plus, if you are a fan of the podcast, do us a favor. Share one of those videos. You can get the link there. Or if you're uh, listening here, it's easy to share the podcast with a friend and it helps us grow. And we definitely appreciate that. And uh, we also appreciate 5150 LTM swagging us out. We couldn't do any of our podcasts without the amazing support and you for listening to the podcast you can get 20 percent off of all of the gear at 5150's web store isn't there a promo code or something there is kdd20 what is it kdd20 use the numerics kdd20 and get 20 percent off at checkout when you go to 5150ltm.com which the link is in the podcast description sick I'll let you do it. I don't want to do anything to make you upset and want to hit me or anything. <laughs> I, I, paid I know. Everybody <laughs> says that. They're like, yeah. you're interviewing Chuck Little. Let him knock you out. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why the f*** would I do that? Have you seen him knock other people out in the octagon? I f***ing have. Any clips with him? Like, no. Hey, wait. Chuck, can I ask something? Because I've done a couple of charity events with Randy Couture. Yeah. Can we do a fist out real quick? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Let me try you guys have the largest oh, <laughs> fucking, 
fist that I've seen. It's like, oh, these these hands? Nah, not so much. It's not a fighter's hand. Yeah, you got not a little, fighter's little hand. dainty hands. I do. <laughs> I do. That's why I hold the microphone and ring it out. I even got in a tie for you, Chuck. Nice. You yeah, look, I like you look it. great. 5150 LTM tie. You know, got to plug the sponsor. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. This is cool as shit. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah been a big fan for a long time. And, uh, you know, so it's cool to have you come down. Join us for our, uh, our MMA event tonight. I got to kind of know about Little Chuck, because it's always interesting me how someone ends up doing what they're doing. I just picture you beating everybody up as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I picture the I've, opposite. You know, I fought a lot, actually, growing up. Did I, you? I, 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 I remember, I, I think in my book, I wrote about a fight we got into, and these guys were bragging, I'm 18 on the street, I'm 23 on the street, I'm thinking, was that the last month? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you... What are you talking about? Is that, is that something supposed to scare me? Like, yeah, right. that's funny. Yeah. Like, that's all you. That's all the fights you've had. Yeah. Like, you're twenty-two. Like, get, get ready. really? Um, but yeah, no, I, I grew up like I was. I always tell the story like when I was a kid, I was getting beat up yeah. at school, and they were taking my lunch money. I'm really, it's kind of funny. They're taking my lunch money. And kids were like picking on me because. My mom told me I wasn't allowed to hit people. I wasn't allowed to fight, oh. and so I wouldn't fight. And that, and actually, the nice thing about principals back then is the principal actually called my mom to school and said, because he asked me why, why don't you defend yourself? You know, like, and I, I told him, and, and he, he brought her in and he told her, he's like, hey, um, I like what you're doing with the nonviolence thing, but if you don't let your kid defend himself, I, right. I can't watch him every minute. Sure, he's, get, sure. he's getting beat up a lot, and. Um, and so she she got it, which is kind of nice having a principal actually come and try <laughs> yeah. to defend himself. But sometimes you got to, yeah. some, at some point you just have to because people, people, bullies pick on people. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they pick on people, they go after people that aren't going to fight back, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and so she told me, she came to me, said, okay, you can't start a fight, but you can finish it. Okay. And, you know, started fighting and, you know, became pretty good. And now we <laughs> have Chuck Liddell. <laughs> <laughs> UFC Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah dude. So I, but then I, I got into, you know, so I was, now I was fighting and got, people don't pick on me anymore. And then I started, uh, but I think I, I grew, grew a big thing for not, I love fighting. Mm -hmm. And I hated people picking on people. Yeah, yeah. So it made for a lot of opportunities to fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I, hey, you got people come up, hey, man, he don't want to fight you, bro. But I do. <laughs> um, and they go, um, I got a problem with you, man. How, yeah, you kind of do now. <laughs> I and, can't you know, imagine. I, I, I kind of figured it out right about 21, 22. I'm like, I, I, I always said I'd never start a fight. Uh -huh. yeah. But I never let you out of it too easy either. Right, right. <laughs> and and I, about 21, 22, I kind of figured like, hey, I can, give, I can still break it up, stop getting in there, stop this guy from doing that, and give him some outs. Right. right. You know, give me easy way, easy way to kind of back away and just let it go. Sure. So, because it just it just wasn't worth it. One, the guy, most of those guys weren't much of a challenge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 two, you know, those are the guys that, you know, you you they you, they start something, they hit you, or they throw a punch at you, and then you, you drop them, and they call the cops. Right. You know, it, it happened. I don't know how many times I've seen, uh, seen that. I'm like, I remember one time I'm behind the bar, uh -huh. we're out there. Some guy, I watched this guy, big dude getting chased by this little guy. I'm going, what the hell is going on? Yeah. The guy's going, get you on him. He's like, leave me alone. He's kept trying to walk away. Finally, the little guy hits him in the back of the head. He turns around and goes, out. He wakes up, goes and gets the cops and is trying to look for the other guy. I'm like, I told the cops, come here. He's like, let me explain what happened. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. We'll let it go. We'll just say, forgot about it. But it was like, 
that's kind of why that's why I stopped fighting doing yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right, right. So you mentioned I, your your mom. So was uh, dad present? No, my 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 dad left when I was three. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, didn't hear hear from him until I was twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, feel like I, there was like aggression towards that too in your fighting uh, with that, or I, I you know I never thought there was, but I never really I don't know I maybe because mm-hmm. I you know thought about it later like because when I was twenty eight I was on TV fighting right, right? and um, they sent his two kids out to meet me huh. to want to talk to me uh, you know I hadn't, I hadn't heard from him talked to him and um, my mom. I, I, I don't, don't want to see him. My mom said, come, "Come on, come down there. Come see him. Your, your brother and sister, or whatever." I'm like, "Okay." So I came down to um, have lunch with them, and then they, "Hey, can we talk to you outside alone?" I'm like, "Sure." Um, and then I got like, "Hey, your dad wants to meet you." I'm like, I'm, "You know, I'm okay. I mean, I got I'm interested in meeting him. So yeah, so nice yeah. to meet you guys, but no, no thanks." Sure. And they go, "Oh, but you haven't heard, we haven't heard your dad's side." So I'm like, oh, "Okay, wait a minute. Time out. My dad's side of the story." Right. I uh, you mean uh, my he's uh he left he said he left 25, 25 years ago, and we're in the, we have the same number and the same phone number, same phone number and same address. As my my grandpa said, the same phone number and same address. He knew where to find me. Right. Yeah. So he's tell, you can tell him he's twenty five years too late, mm-hmm. and you know I was like you know my his side he didn't get a side of the story. My mom raised me; she worked three jobs so I could play football, right. you know, or whatever else I needed to do. She always if I need to do something, she finds some some way to make it happen. Sure, yeah, you know. So you know, to me it was like you never you know you don't have, you don't, I don't have, and I had no interest. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. I don't I, I don't understand why people he chose not to be around. Mm-hmm. He knows not to be involved. He knew where and to find you. From what I understand, he was a very abusive, very bad guy, and I got and I got my grandfather instead mm-hmm. as a father. So I, I should have. I, I wish I had the chance to thank him. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, so, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Now that's a, it's always an interesting scenario. I know that I've seen it with people that I've known, or even family members, where you know a parent, be it mother or father, is kind of left, and and some of those they kind of find like you, like, hey, thanks, you did me a favor. Well, yeah, well, no, no. Hearing, I mean, I never met him. I wasn't there, but I, hearing what the, the, the stories about it, you know, it, it, it always a memory sticks out when I was a kid. It was my grandfather who was doing a smiley? Hell, he took. I was. I would laugh if you, if you came over to my house and I wasn't there. I'd be like, oh, oh, he's not here, but you want you want something to eat? I make your food. Like he was a great guy. Like always, he went to all my practices mm-hmm. and went to all my games. Um, uh, but like. I remember one time when I was a kid, um, when I was little, really little. He, uh, I think, was, I don't know, I was uh, maybe nine or ten. He, he comes in, he, he, I comes in, the storm's in. Went, went this guy's billy club and his gun. And he's, uh, I saw, I saw that. And he's, oh, that mother- I'm going, and I go walked out, stormed out, and was gone all day. I was like, damn. Well, I found out later, he, was like, he thought he saw my dad. Oh shit! So I guess my my wife, my mom hadn't told him about the abuse until after he left. Right. right. So like, there maybe there was a reason why he he didn't come back. Sure. Back, but <laughs> but my, my grandpa and my grandpa's the nicest guy in the world, but it, you know he's, he's everything's of, black and white to him. Yeah. There's a right and sure. a wrong. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's a right and there's a wrong. Period. Yeah. yeah. There was definitely a, a generation prior to us. There was no gray area for shit whatsoever. Uh, my grandpa was great, man. I, I had some. I've had some. I, I remember one time, uh, uh, random stories. Okay, let's go yeah, for it. That's what we're here for. You know, my grandpa, like, dude, I, 
so we were I'm 15 years old walking to karate you know I was walking by the baseball field and he was helping volunteer and the guy that was running the league was about almost 75 something like that and my grandpa was 60 in his late 60s and I, I come up and like there was a little commotion right so I'm watching what's going on. what happened was there's two kids that had that had they thought had you know two Mexican kids that had like like People were saying they gave, they had wrong birth certificates or whatever. Sure. They're cheating because they're too too big for the league. It's an eight nine. Like, it's baseball. It's an eight nine year old. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But they and <laughs> my grandpa, grandpa wasn't necessarily upset with that about it. But, but they're but all these these parents were yelling at the old man and get circling circling this old guy and yelling at him. Yeah. And my grandpa got pissed off. Grabs a bat. <laughs> Walks over and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> like a fight with pops. <laughs> like, he starts poking guys in the chest with a bat. Like, hey, back off! Like, uh, all, all the parents, were like, nothing happened. I kind of bummed out about that. <laughs> but, uh, but he was just start poking. Hey, go back off. Show some respect. You know, guy volunteering here. Like, yeah, like, yeah, leave yeah. Alone. It's not his fault. Yeah, <laughs> families are like that kid world. can be nice. He's got a mustache. It's like, come on, sweetest people. guy in the world, but. Don't don't cross it. Don't oh, cross yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when do we really fast forward to the point where you start to take an interest in actually competing in fighting? At what point in your life? Because I know there's football throughout high school, right? High school, I, I went to uh, I went to Cal Poly to do wrestle and play football. Okay, I could do both. Mm -hmm. That was one of my cho choices for Cal Poly. I want to play do both. I only did football for one year, but then I, I did wrestle for five. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I, it really happened. I, I started doing karate when I was a kid. I really loved it. And I, I look back and I always look at it and I go, you know, I was one of the things I, I loved doing it. I did it all the time. I, I love learning. I love sure. getting better at it. Yeah. And, and that takes time and showing up. And I, I, I mean, I go to wrestling practice and then show up at karate. Mm -hmm. Go to football practice, go show up at karate. I do my homework during, during, uh, you know, lunch and nutrition and in, in other classes just so I could have it done when I got home so I could go to karate. Sure, yeah. So I didn't have anything to do and I just love doing it and I, I and it was one of those things like I, I, I was watching this show about like a kid like it does um, the piano like an eight year old kid and they were asking a question about he's really good and all that. So how many how many hours a day do you practice? And he goes what do you mean? Like how many hours a day? Like I don't know. I just play, mm -hmm. yeah. and when I when you look back at that, like I look back at that, that, that was what I did with martial arts. I I, I went did that wasn't like it wasn't work for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I went. I used to go live at the gym. I sit there in during the summer and wait for guys to show up to spar. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we were at a gym, you could come in any time. I just sit there. Hey, um, when you warm up, you want to spar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, I think that's an important thing, especially for you know parts of our audience that listen concerning our talks on mental health or addiction and in a big component for me was redeveloping passions like it sounds silly but uh i, I build a lot of star wars legos because it's shit i did as a kid and i love to do you know and i think passion is so important to have at any point in your life as well as that desire to learn in right. that pursuit right. and, th and that was because i figured out when i was young with martial arts the way it was it was to me it was taught like if you get if you work harder you can be better than someone else and if you work harder you can learn more mm -hmm. right. and it, i i realized early in 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 doing it that it was it's there was i always thought when i came in are you really going to teach me some magic i was watching these demonstrations all this stuff sure. i was thinking someone's going to teach me some magic moves i would be the baddest guy on the planet <laughs> yeah yeah you know and then 
I learned pretty quick that it was more more hard work, but I also learned hard work. I can pass people. I can pe- get better than people that are better than me. Yeah. And so yeah. It, it made me more interested in learning more. It made me want to work, work harder. And right. Like, okay, if I keep going, I keep going, I can beat people. Yeah. So I get better and better. And, and But just that, that wanting to learn and learn right. new things. And yeah, I, I love martial arts. I still do. Yeah. Yeah. So do you still do any sort of active training? I know that you're training, you know, other fighters with MMA and you're still active in the community, but as far as you on a personal daily basis. On a personal daily basis, actually, um, I just picked up, I'm sorry, with, with my uh, with my daughter and my son doing, doing a little bit of stick, stick stuff. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fun. You know, just I just I just started, well, see, I've, I never really used weapons much. As I always kind of felt like... You never needed them. <laughs> yeah, and I think the only... only uh, only weapon I was I, I used to shoot some too, but sure, I yeah. do I still do I, I still enjoy shooting, but figure like I'm gonna fight here I'm gonna be here right yeah. right so, so yeah. didn't nothing in between but um but yeah it's been fun learning uh learning, I with have played with them doing with it it's yeah the screaming you all see the us. passion in them as well yeah they 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 enjoy it. well they enjoy they enjoy the the martial arts they sure. enjoy the karate part of it right. so. More with the Iceman Chuck Liddell coming up. Uh, he shares with us some uh, wisdom about the discipline that he's developed throughout his life. Also, those fun random questions and some uh, more pretty cool stories. Stick around. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. Hosts Mike and Nat brought together by their common struggle of addiction. They get to know each other's addiction story on air and realize they have more in common than they thought. They discuss current topics of interest to the recovery community, including 12-step, alt-recovery, the newest medical research, and with honesty, humility, and a lot of humor, talk about their daily struggle to maintain their recovery and anonymity in the world of soccer moms and PTA meetings. If the neighbors only knew. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and MiddleAgesRecovery.com. That's MiddleAgesRecovery.com, a proud sponsor of the Knocking Doors Down podcast. And how is it like, you know, with with the kids now, of course, you had a situation that hit the hit the news. It's unfortunate we're not going to get into that. But like with the kids and your focus upon your children, as well as the work you're doing outside of that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we had some unfortunate stuff happen and it, it's part of life. We're going we're yeah. getting through it and we will. Um, but uh, yeah, I just focus on doing, doing everything with the kids and we keep stuff normal for them. You know, sure. Just, yeah. What it comes down to so but yeah i they're, they're i have great i have great kids and i, I get you know just went to the parent teacher conference and i get 
Um, you have the nicest boy. <laughs> like he's like, I mean, it was nice. Like she, she had. I don't think. I don't think my daughter could add anything better on their report card. Mm-hmm. A pluses and okay, we don't usually do outstandings on on these on the first report card because not uh, there's nowhere to move up like right. for the, for the, right, the citizenship right. stuff. Yeah, but I, we we talked and we couldn't give him anything else. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's like it's like it's that's it's and I've been at my our son. I've gotten out about him all the time. Like, yeah, we've had people come. Up, hey, are you are you Charlie's father? Say, yeah, uh, man, he's the nicest kid. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's so nice to everyone. Uh, so I'm proud of that they're, they're awesome kids I always wonder what it felt like to get all A's on a report <laughs> that, that must be pretty oh, cool even, even, like, I was always I was always afraid for my little boy at the beginning like I thought oh man let kids take a ball from him take him. he wouldn't fight over it right. I'm like man is he scared of people but then a couple different times with my daughter like we, we had a thing with my, like, I, I was in there with, she was in kindergarten mm-hmm. so he was coming by with us to give him like give him all the stuff right. cake, like cupcakes or whatever and she had a balloon and Two kids are probably head taller than him, both of them boys were slapping her balloon she turned on hey stop hitting my balloon and and they and they hit it he, she turned around and hit it again and he got in both of them he went don't touch my sister's balloon there's a fire okay so he did another time with her too and someone said something to her and he stepped up yeah i'm like all right he just doesn't care yeah, yeah. if they want the ball take it sure okay as long as, but when it, when it means something to him you know, he's got no problem. yeah right some kids are uh, we were at a party some kids started punching him the other day and like Hit him in a headlock and held him there. Sat <laughs> there and waited until the guy started crying and gave, and gave up. And then, and then, and, uh, and, and then uh, he's weak. Walked off. <laughs> that, that kid was weak. Walked off. Like, That's that the biggest off. slap of the face like, on top of a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he said, you know, just, you know, it's like, yeah, he just, not even mad, got up. He's got to, the guy was punching him. He hit him in the face. I was like, what's going to do? What's he going to do? And he just got around. Slept him almost, huh? So, was it for you when you, you you know, with fatherhood, did you consciously make a really concerted effort to make sure you were a good and present dad? Was it the thought like, hey, my dad, he was whatever he was. I'm still blessed with this life, but if I become a dad, I'm going to be present because I you know to kind of let people in we, we had a call scheduled with you but we had to reschedule because you were like me you were shuffling kids off to an activity and I was getting mine off to music lessons it's like uh, oh yeah. yeah I know what that's like yeah uh, no yeah I definitely but I, I enjoy it I mean that's nothing else I mean plus I mean I had a great example for a father like my grandpa took the uh, stepped in when we were about eight we moved in with my grandparents and I mean he just he did everything like yeah. he, was, he was there for everything did everything and I'm luckily with the way my schedule is i mean i do i, I do travel sometimes for work mm-hmm. but aside from that I, I can i i have the ability to do all that stuff and i i like going to like i like taking them to school i like going sure. to i like i like going to there watching them do their stuff yeah 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 and now the things are opening back up too you're able to attend because i know for my nephews we there was nothing going on with the pandemic you couldn't do shit and now my nephew's in basketball and i couldn't be more excited to go watch him you know what i'm right, saying yeah. now, yeah. now it's like get me out of the fucking house <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice to go see their events. And yeah. they appreciate it. Like, I and I remember, I you're looking back. I, no, I my grandpa's always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it hard for you to go to events just being who you are? Like, do you get bombarded when you go to the kids' events? You know, um, I I think a lot of times at their kids' events and people 
people have are kind of respectful sure, like, uh, you're sure, with your kid sure. I mean they still get but plus it's a lot of the same people all the time because you know right, right. So they, they, they and they know you're going to be at the next one they're gonna be at, right. so they're not if they they look for the timing better mm-hmm. you know like yeah. you're you not in such a rush to, to get you like, and some of them already got a picture with you yeah they already got a picture <laughs> you don't have like yeah, yeah. and they're you know so it's like you know, they know you're going to be there. Okay, my kid, kids in class, I'm like, I've got nine months to right. get this picture. Right, right. right. It's not like, it's not like <laughs> Susie, I this might is not... your fourth selfie this month. Can you f*** off? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh yeah. shit. Uh, well, I want to get into the mind of a fighter because... I, uh, I swear I was just going to say that. Go I, ahead. As I was, we were talking prior to, uh, to hitting record here, you know, I really got into UFC thanks to my best friend. At, at really at the inception and then you know my favorite rivalry rivalry still to date is you and randy uh who i think is just a wonderful guy i've got to do two charity events with him but i'm really we're curious. rooting for you though just so you know <laughs> it's okay i don't know i'll have to wait wait he's hit did we root for chuck or randy i'm pretty sure it was chuck right just for safety reasons say chuck i'm pretty sure it was randy but, but we were on chuck's side when he was against tito so. that's chuck, true i've always been on your side we bro. were pulling with, about them, against tito yeah. for sure um so i'm sorry to put that on you by the way you know, it's, it's, but, a, it's okay <laughs> i'm friends with randy too like yeah great i, I get it i get friends with him and he's a good guy and he's, yeah. and he's tough I mean I'm uh, I actually have my, my favorite picture I have of um, is, is I, right after I knocked him out the, the first time I knocked him out yeah, yeah. it has a celebrity role and it's everybody's mouth like that <laughs> except for a little ice really <laughs> I got one fan. I got one real fan. I want real fan. <laughs> oh shit! So, uh, how was it for you? That where where was? What did you do to really climb up to get noticed to even start participating in well, the UFC? I, I remember, it was really different back then. Yeah, like I you know um, I was. We talked about it all the time. I you know I think when. I, Lorenzo Neal used to go, why don't you fight in the UFC, man? Come on, I know you're a wrestler, you kick my, you fight. Like, I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know how you get in. Everyone talks about, I, I heard about tournaments, I heard about, hey, tell me how to get in, I'll try. Yeah, right. So I actually didn't get in. I got in, um, if we get, we'll get back to, I'll start from how I got into uh, kickboxing. Yeah. So I, I was resident in high school and college. I'd done karate my whole life. And actually, I used to say, like, uh, you know what really sucks? The thing I'm the best at, I can't get paid to do. <laughs> I was talking about street fighting. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that's back in high school. So now we're, now we're going forward to, I, I was, um, I was going to watch my buddy fight. Uh, Alfie Alcaraz is going to do a kickboxing show on Nick Blongren's, uh show. Nick's uh, one kick. Nick's from Vegas. He's uh, used to put on shows, right? So I'm out there going to watch, and he comes over to me. And he goes, "Hey, Alfie says you're pretty tough. You want to fight tomorrow night?" <laughs> I'm like, "Sure, why not?" And I, I go and they go to have me weigh in. And I'm going to fight uh, heavyweight or whatever, and and they they go. So I'm at the commission. Guy, so how many fights you have? I'm like. None. I don't, I don't. I don't. I'm trying. They looked at Nick like, "What are you doing?" Like the guy was like 15 an hour or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Like, nothing's ain't gonna happen." And I, and I was actually disappointed. So I, Nick goes, "Hey, well, why don't you go home and train? And I'll uh, come back and then I'll, 
and I'll get you on my next show and put you on. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. And by chance, I just ran into the week before that at uh, John Hackleman mm -hmm. oh, yeah. at uh, uh, Koi Con Dojo mm -hmm. in in San Luis Obispo. Like he was coming in, to, uh, they, someone called him in. Like he was coming in to spar with them, mm -hmm. and they called me. I wasn't even training there anymore. I, they called me up hey, to come spar with them. <laughs> they needed someone to spar with them, so I'd come in. I spar with. We did some point sparring, some wall training, and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah. Afterwards, everyone's like, yeah, you kicked his ass. Yeah, good job. Like, I'm like, what fight were you watching? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't feel that at all. Like, I don't know, I don't know about you. I mean, I really haven't had much trouble with the guy. I'm like, yeah. And so, John would give me his card, and then that right, like, the, right after, right after I drove out to Vegas, and this all that stuff happened with the fight. So, on my way back, I'm like, I got that card. My thing it says World Kickboxing World Champion. I'm like, perfect. I'll go. Train with this guy, mm -hmm, yeah. and he goes. He said, hey, "Come train." So I went up to his house. I don't know if you've ever heard his story, but I went up to his house to go train. Mm -hmm. First time I trained, he became my trainer. Still my my guy, but he was my trainer my whole career. Um, I went up there to go, and he's to go sparring. And it was him and his, his guy Jesus Sanchez was with us, and he's timing. He timed it for us. We had an unofficial time right. for the for the for the round. Um, we he's all. I will just do just boxing. Give me boxing gloves and. I, I think he lent me a mouthpiece or a brown mouthpiece, but get in there and start sparring. He beat the living piss out of me for 19 straight minutes. Shit. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. I've never done just boxing. I've never done just boxing sparring. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I've never done, done just hands, which changes, really changes your distance and timing and yeah, changes yeah. a lot of things. But yeah, he beat, and, and if Hazel Sanchez wasn't there, I probably would have done it for a lot longer. But um, he's like, dude, can we just stop? I think, I think you're tired of seeing me get hit in the head. Um, and then after training with John for years, I I, I guess it was impressive that I stayed up. Because mm -hmm. uh, every, every other guy, everybody I've seen come in as far as him like that got dropped. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're but, on your feet. Stayed on your feet. Yeah. yeah I was, but, um, so I started, and then we started training. So you can come back tomorrow. And actually, it was, it was a funny. I told so, so we afterwards it started raining, and I'd come up on a motorcycle. So I was about to get on, on the bike and leave. He's like, "Hey, you come back tomorrow?" So yeah, uh, okay. Here, just take my truck. Well, no, I'm fine. So I'm like, push your motorcycle there. Take my truck. Like, you come back tomorrow, right? So yeah. So he threw me keys, a brand new truck, drove off, <laughs> drove off, and came back, came back, and trained there for. We trained there about six days a week for a long time. Right. Until yeah. we opened the gym. So then we started doing other places too. But So when did you, did you go through uh, like kickboxing? Started so so I started doing kickboxing. I did kickboxing for about five years. And same thing. Like I still, people like, why, when I was doing that, I was still like, why aren't you fighting in the UFC? Like, I don't know how to get in there. I don't know. How do I change? How do I get in there? Right. Um, so I get a phone call from One Kick Nick. And he goes, hey, Alfie says you're a pretty good wrestler. You want to find a Bix fight? Sure, why not? So I wind up going to the to Orleans, I drive up to Vegas to do an open hand strike fight, and they're supposed to have three fights that night on, on a kickboxing card. Mm -hmm. And I they had some. I, I was supposed to fight some jujitsu guy and whatever. But anyway, so the open hand it, it was like open hand palms, like old pancreas, But then they. Yeah, yeah. By the time the fight started, the kids mission kept getting more and more nervous. Mm -hmm. You could only do like a slap with this part of the hand, and then, and then you couldn't hit once you hit the ground. It was just wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
So by that time, by that time, I'm already trained for a camp. We're already there. I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> anything else you want to change right now? Like, yeah. any other rules you want to throw out there? Go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then we so we went out. And I wound up just slapping the guy and knocking head. If you ever see it, it's pretty. He goes head kick and he just goes. Well, it was one of those he folds in half yeah, straight yeah. down yeah it was out and they actually for some reason they got I think they got nervous they wouldn't let the other two fight do the mixed martial arts fights go on huh. yeah, I knocked them out so because bad because that one was pretty gnarly but I'm like, like uh, but if you looked at it there was no wrestling mm-hmm. there's no groundwork there's just me kicking the guy in the head <laughs> I mean so it really just me slapping him in the face and kicking him in the head so how's that different than kickboxing yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. why why that scare you from the, the other mixed fights I don't know unless you just feel those guys can't fight I don't know there's a lot that's, of scary shit about but that. That's how, as some guy that was watching, come up and go, "Hey, man, you want to fight in the UFC?" I'm a, and I'm, sure, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so they invite they invite me to fight in UFC 17, and I fight in UFC 17. So let me ask you this: Have you ever, like, you sound like you love fighting, obviously, and you're fucking good at it. Have you ever say, "Okay, Chuck, you're fighting this person," and were you ever like? Like not scared, but just more nervous than normal before a fight. No, no, no. I've, I, the, only, the only time I've ever done anything like that was like, I and I, it's just a, a business side. Of it. Like that, that guy's not worth. I mean, that's not enough to pay for uh, the fight between me and him. Right, right, right. right. Like that. I'll, I mean, I'll, and and actually, both times that happened, I I actually wound up because the guy said I was running from. Him, I said I want to go. Okay. No problem. We'll fight. Mm-hmm. Winner take all. Mm-hmm. I want your I want your show money. Oh shit! <laughs> you put your show money up. I'll put mine up. And winner take all. I'll fight him. Because back then it was like you know, sure. you, know, you know, two and two. Right. Two grand, two grand. All right. So now it's two and four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty now it's zero and zero and six. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, no problem. Okay, if you want, you want to call it that. Let's do it that way. It's like I'm not running from you. I just want to get paid more. But if you really want to fight, <laughs> if you want, it all I don't in care. There. Now I don't even care the number. But here, all in. As long as it's all in, we can. I, I can. I, I know you're getting nothing uh, for it when I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> and what was their response? I'd love it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's like, so no. who's running now? Uh, I said, let's fight. And you're, now you're saying yeah, exactly. no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I answered that question real quick for him. But that's, so it's so interesting. It's the time that you, you really got in there. I mean, I remember like, you know, like I was saying, Hoist Gracie getting in there and bringing something new. And when it was, you know, he could wear a gi and everything. And then the transformation of rules and stuff over time. What was it like for you when you started to see, wow, this business of this mixed martial arts is growing at a, it grew at a pretty good pace. And I mean, and you were a part of putting it on the map. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny, the funny is like we go, if you go back, like my, I, I got an argument with my manager at the time because they, they wanted to extend my, my, because we were coming up on my close to negotiating time for my, my new contract for the UFC. Mm-hmm. Before, right before Ultimate Fighter, and when I when I figured out that when I knew they were going to do Ultimate Fighter, it was, it's basically like he said it was a, a way to get a live fight on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Trojan horse for it, right? Um, and for me, I, I look back at at that, and I looked at it as this is my opportunity. This is the and me me and my manager got gotten a, and he didn't feel like I was supporting his because they had said I had to extend my contract to to two more fights. That I had two fights at the end of my contract mm-hmm. to to let me do the show right that was a they wanted at least that because so they didn't want me to have be able to have no fights left on my contract you know that makes sure. sense it makes sure. sense I'm okay whatever and my manager didn't feel like I was supporting him like he was in the fight like he didn't believe me he, he quit sure. 
um, we're still friends, but I, you know, I, I, I said, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, I'm, I'm gonna quit. I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I need to be on the show. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be big. Yeah. And I think I made the right choice. Yeah, but, <laughs> I think so. Well, because a lot of people don't realize that the, the, as far as the financial end of UFC, there was a risk at that time prior to the Ultimate Fighter of it heading towards going out of business. The Ultimate I, Fighter I, really played a big role in in far as getting I, I, into I, more markets. I, I really have to believe that that was probably that. I think at that point, and I think there are 44, 46 million in the hole. It's not something like something, yeah. I don't know the numbers exactly, but there are a lot of millions in the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of their, their, uh, their, their, and they got lucky that no one wanted, they didn't want to pay for the show, the, the, they had to pay for the production and all that stuff, which in the, in the end turned out great for them because <laughs> they owned it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> instead, of, instead of splitting it with the, with a network or however that works. Right. Like, right. But yeah, they, I think, I think that was the, their like, last chance. And we really was what we needed. It was to get, it was not only just to get it in front of eyes that haven't seen it with that for free without having to buy a pay-per-view it was also to show how much the support there was for us mm-hmm. how many because our biggest thing was like has always been like in the in the beginning was getting the the people that really make the decisions at sponsorships to realize <clears throat> what kind of support we have and that we're not a bunch of neanderthals and we're not you know it's like it was always convincing the guys at the end like at the top like you get the guys interested oh yeah we got you know, the young guys that know they're they were into the sport but like a lot of times the guys that were above them are like oh no no that's 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 no 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 no, no. yeah you know, so yeah it definitely really changed the overall perception and saw that it has a legit athletic competition based upon skill not just that but, well, well, I even still, the way it started out you know it was if you remember more. like so I, when I was first first doing this I, and I mean you get you know you, you got so many questions about stuff that just I mean people like people still were asking out it's like WWE and no <laughs> it's not or you know do you do you have to train or anything or you just go fight <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah. you to think about that and then ask me again. <laughs> yeah. I gave my life to it yeah. daily. Yeah, but it, you know, it, it was going and and educating people and trying to. And we used to spend. I you know that was probably the best advice I got from a, from an interview coach. I finally got one because before the Tito fight, the first Tito fight, you know, they're like, "You got to be better on these interviews." Mm-hmm. I'm like. Thanks. <laughs> be better. <laughs> like, be like your coach going, be better. Yeah. Can you throw a better right? Can I help? Yeah. Like, Give me yeah. How? You know? Yeah. So I went and I got an, actually got an interview coach. Mm-hmm. It was a, actually the manager's sister that one that quit. Mm-hmm. His, his, his sister actually helped me out. Oh, nice. And one of the, one of the things she, she did was came up, first thing she came up, she says, you know, I wrote 10, 10 most common questions I was asked at that time, which is, they're like, well, you got about three questions here. And none of them are good. <laughs> so, what I do is just go. He's out. The first question they ask out the gate, just answer. Uh, say answer it yes or no, and then talk for about a minute and a half to two minutes about whatever you're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Just don't stop talking. Just talk for about a minute. You and if if they're good at all, 
even though they know nothing about the sport, they haven't looked at their one sheet. They don't. Right? They'll be able to play off that two minutes and 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 make make it an interview. Right. And the other one she told me is, I you talk about it at two. I need you at an eight. Mm. I'm I still I still don't reach the eight. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I I'm better than I. I I'm not talking like this. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. Well, we were so. talking in the car, and I was just like, oh wow, he's very soft. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I don't yeah, know, I've always, you know, Liddell I think, think like a lot of times, I think, I think part of it for a long time was just trying to, I'm always, people are so, you know, like, they, yeah. they, they get like, so if you're laid back, yeah, no car, it's, it's a little, that makes people a little more comfortable. Sure, sure. I mean, it's always been nice, like, as far as, like, going into a meeting. Yeah. So I, I go into a meeting, and I, I swear, like, if I get people, I go to a meeting, and they're expecting me to be, like, like you know, like creative. If you're halfway nice, they're like, "Oh man, he was so nice." Yeah. Like I get people say, "Like, hey, my friend told me you were you were really super nice." And what would you what you say? I, I looked at him like, oh, I, "I said hello." <laughs> I said hi, nice to meet you. I treat, you I treat yeah, people like people. I, said. I, I, I acted normal. Like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't bite their head off. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I, but it's. I always tell people like I'm the last guy you gotta worry about. I, I, feel, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an aggressive person as mm. far as stuff goes. I mean, I, everyone's got their line, right? Sure, you know, of you, course. You yeah. cross my line, but, but as I've gotten older, when I was young, it wasn't, wasn't very high, right? But as I got older, it's like it's, you know, it's just not worth it. Exactly. You know, most of the time, you know, if you make it worth it, I, I won't have a problem. Right, right. <laughs> but they will. Yeah, I guarantee you, we are not going to test this. Oh no, absolutely <laughs> not. I get, but it's funny. Like I'll meet somebody. I got, I'm an animated guy when I talk. Yeah. Something I, if you're, we're talking about something. I, if I if you get if you get me to talk about it, I, I I'm usually passionate. Something I, I care about. Sure. So I'll be trying to convince you, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. Having an argument, kind of like trying to convince you that I'm right. And I see people start going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, man, look, I'm trying to convince you I'm right, and I'm not trying to scare you into pretending you think I'm right. Yeah. You know, it's like. Um, I, if I hit you, your mom's gonna ask me how long why I waited so long. That's <laughs> that's big an asshole you are. <laughs> so, I, I, it be you are really just have a mild mannered presence, uh, uh, and um, it's it is a surprise because we've never met. But did that do you feel that played well into your career because? You've had people that have thrown the barbs at you, and it just never seemed to get to you. And I, I don't know if that was a good, you know, work type type of like they were just trying to work up and promote the fight better. But because some of it felt personal at times. I mean, there, I mean, there, there were there were times and stuff have been people said stuff I took personal, and mm -hmm. I, but I'll let you know you, you cross a line. I, I've talked to. A only only had to talk to a couple of people, but only only seriously had to really threaten one. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it was Tito, of course. Yeah. yeah. But he he made some off color comment that you know, and it, I, he's a moron when it comes to that one. He's like, <laughs> he said he said on a, on a San Diego radio station, and I got a bunch of buddies playing for the Chargers, friends of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, they called me up. And he said, I don't date white trash pictures like Chuck. Mm. Now. Long, long story. He during his apology after I, I I got I got his face about it. He was said he wasn't talking about my girlfriend that I actually had. He was talking mm -hmm. about Juliet Lewis because 
Us Magazine said we were dating. I'm mm-hmm. a, first off, moron, she's not a white trash. She plays that on TV. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <accurate>. <laughs> um, <laughs> And she's on Us Weekly, so you know. Yeah, you she's know. probably not. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it was one of the things I, I threatened myself. Look, man, don't ever talk about my family or friends on radio, radio or TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if and if I, if you ever do it again, I, I know where you live. Mm-hmm. I'll come there. I'll beat you in your living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say to that? Was he? He's, I'm sorry, man. I oh, wasn't talking okay. about her. I was talking about this because I said first thing I said was, "This is my girlfriend." I apologize. Right. Secondly, yeah, uh, don't ever do, don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. You, talk, you talk shit about me. You want to? It doesn't work. Yeah. Like you want to try. By the way, if you want to try and intimidate me, it's not gonna happen. I was gonna say. I don't it think just you doesn't can. happen. It does. I mean. I, I and I actually think it's funny. Like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, Vanilla, both Vanilla Silva and Tito both try to intimidate you in the stare down. Sure. And I got them both to go nuts. And uh, after, after, during the stare down, like, uh-huh. by, by while we're doing it, go. <laughs> and they both went nuts. nuts. <laughs> they both went nuts when I did that. I just started laughing. I'm like, dude. I'm like, it's like I was down in I went down in Brazil. Uh-huh. I fought uh, Jose Paley Johns. He came up to me and, and with him and like three, with three of his guys, he walked up and threw his shoulder at me and uh, in the locker room the day before the fight. I'm like looking around, I'm like, oh, um, we get paid for this in four hours, in, in 24 hours, can we wait? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just, I'll beat your ass and get paid for it first. We're, yeah. You, we can, we're doing it. It's, it's, it's Bare knuckle, no holds barred. It's, it's really like the headbutts were legal, groin strikes were legal. I mean, it was everything was pretty much legal. So <laughs> it's just like a street fight out there. So we, we, can we wait? Because yeah. I, I want to get paid. Yeah, you know, it was like but I couldn't understand. He, he was speaking Brazilian. I didn't. Right, right. <laughs> Brazilian Portuguese. Portuguese so didn't really he didn't even understand what you were saying. So I was just laughing. Like, yeah. Can we? Can we wait? I was pointing my watch. <laughs> Do you think that your ability to uh, <laughs> to understand? Hey guys, it's a fucking business because it sounds like you. Other than you want to obviously go win, you train hard, you work hard. Like ego's out of it. Like I want to go in, I want to win, I want to make my money. Fighting's fighting, fighting, and uh, it's a game. You know, you gotta, you gotta, like it's like, like you, you gotta promote. It's like Diaz, bro. Diaz. I mean, I remember he didn't show up for some things. Oh, I don't need to be in your your whatever boundary or whatever you call it or whatever. I don't need to do that. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. No, you you don't if it's a, if you're getting, if you're fighting a guy in the backyard to see who's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're gonna do it on TV and get paid for it, yeah, you gotta promote it. Right. I, I love your. Hey, if you want, just like a, if you get up to the, the press conference to go no comment, and that's what you, if they ask you super quiet, shut up or whatever you want to say. Right. That's fine. Right. That's your personality. Do your thing. Sure. I'm not telling you how to how to promote. Mm-hmm. But you gotta show up. You gotta show up. You're, yeah. you're getting paid. I mean, you're you're getting paid to fight. Right. You, you are, you, so part of getting paid to fight is you're getting paid to promote. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it is what it is. So when you talk about the intimidation, like it just a certain stare down, or are they kind of mumbling they're, shit? They're, to they're, you? Well, stare down guys will do different things. Yeah, right. it depends on you know guys, some different guys are funny guys. There's guys that'll talk to you in there during the fight. Right. I mean, Frank Shamrock was 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 talking to Tito the whole time. They, they always, some guys do that. I always thought that was. Funny. Funny, yeah, but I, I know that was my thing, but yeah, but I, for me, I'm not, I'm not an emotional fighter. Some guys right. need that; they need to be mad. Sure. At you need to be like, sure, sure, have that motivation. Um, I was a real calculated fighter. I just, I liked, I like trying to figure you out and trying to right. try to end things that way. But I also had that, well, I had that blood in the water kind of. Sure, 
I could see when it hurt. If, mm-hmm. I, hurt. if I could see, I, oh, oh, if I if I get one more, if I get get him halfway decent one more time, he's out. Mm-hmm. I see that in your eyes. I can see, oh shit, his eyes glossed over. Oh, gotta get to him here. Let me get him. Let me get, let me get, let me get him. Let I me can't finish imagine him. how terrifying that would be. <laughs> well, I've heard like you know, like I I think when we did the the Zoom call, the three of us prior to the interviews, joking, you know, I did jujitsu, but I was bad at it. But my coach was really good, and he talked about when he competed that there was a point with a guy, you know. You're not looking at, you may not be able to look them in the eyes, but where you could tell that you broke them as far as in competition, that it was almost like you could get a sense that, you know, the gas tank's starting to leak. There's blood in the water. Did you feel that when you were oh, in the you, ring? Too? If you could see that, so, yeah, sometimes you see, and actually, the probably the best story I have about that is actually me losing because of it. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I or, or, you know, I think it was one of the guys that cornered Randy when mm-hmm. he fought the first fight. Mm-hmm. So I think it was at the end of the third round. He came. He came to the corner with done. Like he was out, <laughs> too tired, gassed. And he looked over at me, and I was just all over the place on my side. And I was just. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they said, "Him look, Chuck's done. He's tired. You got this. You got you know." And that was enough because I know how that works for me. Mm-hmm. If you do that for me, mm-hmm. I I could be dead tired if I see you start going. Cause I, I used to be that guy. Like I, I, that's who I always tried to be. Is like the guy I want to be able to push you. Right. Like it's, and I used to be when I was wrestling in, in high school. I did, I did okay wrestling in high school, mm-hmm. but most of it was on conditioning and and being tough. Right. I wasn't very technical, but I would. I mean, I run guys in the ground. I mean, I started, I'll stop fighting, coach. He's tired. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys go. Oh, he just called me tired. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when you, when you get a guy and you get that. Uh, and then you forget you're tired because mm-hmm. they're so tired because they're going out. They're, right. This I'm gonna end this. He's, I got him. Mm-hmm. It's over. How do you carry some of, a lot of the training and stuff that you did maybe over to like daily life now and a mentality because it's you got two guys here that struggle with anxiety and a bunch of other things, especially me. So it's you know it's kind of one of those things I missed. The pandemic shut down when I was doing jujitsu, and it's a thing that I missed that really cleared my head. So how do you? You know that, you? that that's really something that I really didn't realize I, I needed all the time, and that which really helped was like because I had I got I got cut. From a piece of glass, like I dropped this thing, glass thing, a piece of glass about this big, shot up and hit me right here, cut up both flexor tendons. Oh shit! Which is like, I, I, the lady said, I, I've had people stick their hands in a lawnmower and not catch both of them, yeah. like, but it caught both of them. So I, I had three surgeries later, my hand works right, mm-hmm. but I couldn't in a bag for a year, oh, and like I couldn't wrestle for a year, and that not being able to clear my head like that. I was getting on edge. I'm just not wondering why I'm so on edge. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, like why am I? This, I, you know, I was able to control, but I'm like, I'm, why, why am I grumpy? But like, why am I getting upset? Why is this irritating me so much? Right. Like, but I need, like, I like you said, I need that. Like, and really, I, I, I like to be able to wrestle or spar like live. Um, just it, it's the only time my brain shuts down completely because you kind of and like let's because all all I think all all that's going on in my head is how do I fit how do I beat this guy how do I how do I set him up how mm-hmm. do I get that like you know so it it is something that's it's it's hard when you can't do have that that release right yeah. well it's meditative too for maybe for people that have never done it I know that uh, you know being a, a slim guy my coach would give me a shit like you know somebody would get on my chest and he would just be yelling in my ear you know breathe 
like focus on your breathing and you almost get like in a meditative state that I knew that I had to oompa one way or the other to tighten and toss them or you know what I'm saying so uh, I think it's a thing that people don't understand about yeah, you start you start learning and that's one thing it teaches you like okay and like you see, as you see like guys that are panic when they're when the first mm -hmm. time you get someone that like a headlock even like when I remember in high, I started wrestling as a, a sophomore in high school and I the guy got I mean headlock I'm talking, and you're like you start to panic you're like it's almost like you're claustrophobic you know like now like i mean i now i was sitting at almost going out still trying to go <laughs> trying to work my way out. i mean i'll go out before i stop trying to work my way out and get excited about going out sure you know it's like, it's like yeah oops <laughs> struggle too long in that one sorry uh, so what are we doing now uh within the uh, mma martial arts community and and in general you, you are you just keep being a busy guy yeah i so do, i i do a lot of appearance stuff and I you know, I had a bunch of before COVID I had a bunch of speaking engagements set up you know mm -hmm. trying to do like uh, uh, you know just talking about different you know stories and stuff but um, so hopefully we'll probably get back to that a little more but uh, yeah. yeah just I, I'm still trying to do movies I like I still enjoy doing the movies thing yeah um, so when, when those come around I, I still I still want to do some of that and um, I don't know just, just have, we're raising my kids mostly though yeah, like, I, yeah. I, want, I don't want anything takes me, takes me away from them too much. So. Sure. Yeah. No, I can totally understand that. Absolutely. Well, Mikey, we are getting a little low on our, our time. Uh, before we have Chuck, maybe leave us with some uh, positive words of encouragement and inspiration, as we like to call it. A little fun, random questions. Let's do it. I'll start off with the serious one, because it's, I mean, it's, you got to. Okay, we're going to do a serious one. Would you rather fight <laughs> one horse-sized chicken or 10 chicken-sized horses? I've never asked this to a fighter. <laughs> I've never asked this to a fighter, so this is, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. all of them. I think I'm, I'm gonna go for the horse-sized chicken. Horse-sized chicken? It's a badass like, answer. Well, I was, I'm, I know, it's, Give me the fucking gnarliest one. <laughs> yeah, just one, one gnarly one that I have to do with I, I, I gotta dodge the big fucking beak and I love all it. That. <laughs> I love it. Good for you. Uh, so a little more about maybe some uh, things that you're into entertainment-wise. For whatever reason, Chuck, you are stranded on a deserted island, and you have a, a record player that works and a DVD player that works. What's one movie and one music album you would want with you? Um... Um, liar, liar. All right. Jim Carrey. All right. Yeah. Well, well I, I probably try to think of one. The, the, what movie have I seen the most? Um, I used to go to sleep to that one. It was, yeah. It's funny yeah. all the way through. Cause yeah. it was one of those ones funny all the way through. Yeah. So I never had to really. Uh, I'm not. If it's a movie that I really want to watch the end of. Right. I'll stay up for it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So one that's just fun, kind of equally funny all the way through. You're yeah. Like, okay, I can fall asleep anytime, and then I'll be out. I'm just, I can go to sleep to that. Right. Um, and what else? Um, oh man, music taste. The music. I. 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 I'd have to. It'd have to be some kind of mix. You're killing me because I. I do. I do everything from. I just have a, the. Or the commission guy, the guy that the works the corner, works the, the locker room. Uh -huh. he, he's a man. I always love when I draw you because uh, I never know what's coming up next on your on your uh, right. iPod. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, it'd go from country to rap uh -huh. uh, to to rock to back to country. I mean, it was it's, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Is there anything lately that you've been playing a little more frequently than others? Um. 
more frequently than others lately. Um, Even a specific song or something. Like um, that. I'm trying to think. Uh, um, I listen to a lot of my old stuff, so I'm listening to a lot of my old, like uh, I don't know, country and. I'm gonna listen a little more country. Keep kind of mellowing me out a little sure, more. Yeah, sure. Saying, right. I, 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 um, I don't even know who sings that. I like that song. I just uh, was listening to that song, "Breaking Me," um, but I don't, I don't even know who's. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know who does it. I, I, sure, it's on their song. You don't have to answer. You're Chuck Liddell. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if they were to make a movie about you, who would you cast to play you? What actor would you hire to play you? Who do you think would do a good representation of Chuck Liddell? Um, Jesus, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Mikey and I are already booked at that time, so yeah. you got to leave uh, us out. Oh, so. okay. I'd <laughs> love to, but I got to. I got to get my publicist on the phone. <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Uh, maybe the Rocks. Something oh, like dude, that. you can never go wrong with him. I love the Rock. Right? You can never go. wrong You know with what? Him. I bet he would be like, like, raise that eyebrow. Chuck, I'm in. Let's do well, it. I'm, I'm friends with his st- stunt double, so at least I. Yeah, at least I work with him. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Oh man, he's he's awesome, man. He's such a, such a great dude. I. Yeah. He's such a good dude. I mean, such a nice person. Yeah. I've heard that. Okay, I forget who we were talking to, but there was a connection to one of the Rock's other cousins, Roman Reigns, who's mm. and somebody I think you knew that said, "Oh yeah," and he's like the, the Rock's greatest guys as Roman Reigns and stuff, and people don't realize even though yes as a guy that's been a professional uh wrestling fan since he's like four or five years old those are some tough sons of bitches and large human beings oh yeah look man i i, I finally went to a show a while back with uh and uh and uh, you know it was like watching those guys the, the athleticism to do some yeah. of the stuff they do off they were doing some ladder stuff ladder. oh yeah i mean that's uh, that's not easy to do and, and man i I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know because you're trusting someone else not to hurt you. Right. Yeah. Right. No. And, and I don't know if I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like trusting because you you know guys on the road you know seven out of ten days the guy's tired and doing you know and, and now you're gonna I gotta trust you not to hurt me. And I, yeah. That's like the that's polar opposite of what you do. That's some trust. Yeah. With those those big boys is some trust. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm letting you throw me. I'm letting you do this. And you you land it wrong. I can you can break my ribs exactly. Whatever. You know, it's like no career life. ending shit too. Yeah, because I remember um, Kurt Angle talking about that. You know, when he left after you know winning the Olympic gold medal, going into pro wrestling, how counterintuitive it is. You know, so it's just it's well, you know, the first time I when I did Cradle to the Grave with uh, Tito and Randy, mm-hmm. right, way back, and you know, just like you know, you kind of it's my first time learning like really fighting on on set and. Mm-hmm. How how missing you with a big wide looking shot looks so much better on camera than, than me actually pretending to hit you. Mm-hmm, right. Actually, just getting as close and hitting you, but not hitting you real hard. You sure. know, like because now 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 you're not going as fast. It's not, right. It just looks it looks weird on camera. So sure. it's like it's weird. Like I miss you by this much, and it looks better than me hitting you in the face. Yeah. 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 No, it, it it is definitely totally different. Uh, Mike, do you have any more random questions before we give Chuck the uh, final words? Let's do one more. If you could have dinner with anybody you wanted, living or dead, in the entire world, who would it be? Anybody in the whole world? Living or dead dinner? My grandpa one more time. I was going to say that. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would think. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Chuck, uh, you know, a lot of our audience, they uh, come 
you know either they or someone they know is struggling with mental health and or addiction um any words of encouragement kind of through your life experience that you can just lend to people and you know maybe that's helped you through your success in life you know my thing is just keep putting one foot in front of the other i mean it sounds but it's just it you know routines help like just be consistent you know that's that that it's it's the hardest thing to do and and it's and I always said mental toughness is, is an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a sometimes thing. Sure. You don't get to turn on and off. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if and if you don't practice it, it, it goes away. Right. And that, you know so you know like they said I I and I I always never said I said I never want to teach you how to be mentally tough because it's not my job. Right. But by the time you get to me, if you're not tough, I don't want to deal with you. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. For fighting, just fighting. Um, when I got my, I I cousin my son when he was uh, twelve. I I got I just got back in. I I like you know what, I'm gonna figure out. I got I got to teach. I got to figure out how to help him. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I did a lot of studying on it. And they're talking about a lot of things. And even like it's you know like you're always here. Like, make your bed. You know do something get something done in the morning. But it's like routines. Mm-hmm. Like make it, brushing your teeth. Get up and do that. You know the, doing these things at, at, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. you got you don't feel like it. Get up and do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know that that kind of stuff is. You know, just keep moving forward. And the other thing is, forgive yourself for, for when you mess up. Mm-hmm. You know, get the worst thing in the world. You know, you know like a diet. Like, like I used to say, the my the easiest diet I'd ever do. Like my diet year round. I, I if I'm doing a diet, any diet, I usually have three. You should do three cheat meals a week. Mm-hmm. So you, know, you don't have to get you. You, <laughs> right. you don't have to. You don't have to worry about. It. You don't have to do anything. Right. There's nothing you can't have. You and I don't. I'd wind up not eating any, any anything real bad too often. Right. Sure. You know, every once in a while we take some, but it, you don't. And then you can eat normal. I like to just kind of go out and eat normal at a restaurant. Sure. <laughs> or you know, some restaurant dinners, but but it's just not. You know, if you don't, oh, you know, forgive yourself for mistake. I mean, you don't don't go. Don't take. Oh, I, okay, I messed up. And just go down that. Right. <laughs> don't, don't well, I already fucked up. Anyways. I already fucked up. Fucked yeah. Up. Like, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of looking leave. for the excuses. Good. That's good. You point that out because that was me when I was struggling with my drinking. It was like, oh, fuck it, I had two. I might as well have twenty. You know. And right. Exactly. And then that's a. Uh, and that's just. Hey, I, me- I messed up. I messed up. I messed up that one. You messed up that one day. And now, I'll just keep going. Yeah. 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 You know, well, um, I would just. Try start start over and start start again. Get going. Put your one foot in front of the other. Forgive yourself. Yeah. yeah. Forgive forgive yourself for your mistake. You got you have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You no, know, don't you don't forget. You don't have to. Keep, don't keep doing them. Yeah. But you, know, you have to give yourself a break. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes. Mr. Chuck Liddell, thanks, man. This has been a real honor and a pleasure. Thank you. The Iceman Chuck Liddell on the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Cool dude, man. That was a blast. Super cool dude, and I'm glad he was cool too because sitting next to him's like sitting next to a freaking marble statue <laughs> not to mention his fists are the size of your head man that guy is intimidating as hell i feel bad for anybody who had to fight him right yeah if you uh i haven't checked out yet or followed us on social media watch instagram and facebook it's at knocking doors down on uh, twitter it's at kdd media company you'll see that chuck uh, right at the beginning of the interview i asked him to put out his fist because i did this with randy couture as well and, and I'm not a small guy, but I'm not a big guy. I'm very tall and slender. But his fist had to have been twice the size of mine. And I'm 6'2", six, 6'3", six, depending on what convenience store I'm walking out of. So his fists were just huge. Yeah, no, that guy's fists were no joke. And, I mean, even when we were doing the square-up photos, it was just uh, it was intimidating as hell. And it was, it was a joke. You know, we're just sitting there taking a picture, and that was scary. Oh, so yeah. So I cannot imagine... 
it's yeah. no way dude to check out what mikey's talking about also uh follow us on social media go there you'll see that we did a, a face off like uh fighters would do in like their weigh-in or anything else and boy yeah chuck and it's just the intense like he went from very mild manner to that intensity was right yeah. there i had to change my pants <laughs> and there's even a video where i'm facing up to him and uh and I'm just like, okay, that was scary. And I w- walk away and he still got that look. And it's just something about that fighter mentality that they have that is so much different than than the average person. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. completely. It was just, uh, and it's to see a guy that big and that terrifying. I mean, his head is the, it's he's just a giant dude. But he was sweet as could be. Oh, yeah. Super sweet guy. Absolutely. Well, when Chuck was in studio, we gave him a copy of Carlos Vieira's autobiography, Knocking Doors Down, that inspired the podcast. It's all about uh, his struggle with 14 years of cocaine addiction, how he fell into it and subsequently got himself out of it and the support that he had and the things that he strived to do afterwards, including starting the Carlos Vieira Foundation, the 5150 Lifestyle brand. Hitting the track in a stock car, which he's found some success, and it wasn't always that way when he started out, but uh, really just an encouraging book, and uh, it reads like a movie. Mikey could say it. Mikey's not a big reader, but uh, man, you plowed through the book. I did. I crushed it in like a day and a half. Yeah. And I am not a reader. <laughs> well, if you want to pick up a copy for yourself or someone as a gift, uh, the link is in the podcast description. Keep in mind, 100% of the proceeds go back to the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free program. Provides kids with uh, after-school activities, including free boxing gyms that are here in our area, and uh, keeps them off the streets, involved in activities away from drugs and gangs. And, uh, I mean, 100% of the proceeds. So that is everything of a purchase. Just uh, pick it up. It definitely helps uh, keep that mission going. Uncle Mikey, uh, we got some exciting guests coming up. Next week, we've got an awesome guest. If you've watched A&E's Intervention, you've seen our guest on there. It would be Ken Seeley, who's done many interventions. Uh, He opens up about his addiction, the irony of working in a rehabilitation facility when he was at the peak of his addiction, and just some insightful stuff. Great guy. Talk to us from Hawaii. Yeah, I know. Poor guy. That's got to suck. We look forward to sharing Ken's story with you, and uh, we thank you for listening to the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Please share with a friend. Uh, Uncle Mikey, anything else? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. The guests on Knocking Doors Down are sharing their stories and helping start the conversation about mental health and therefore are working to end the stigma. This is the goal of our partner, the Carlos Vieira Foundation, through their Race to End the Stigma campaign. The Carlos Vieira Foundation created the Race to End the Stigma campaign to not only change the way people perceive those who are living with mental illness, but also how those who are affected perceive themselves. The Carlos Vieira Foundation strives to support the mental health community through education, fundraising, and facilitating resources. The main program through the Race to End the Stigma campaign is a college scholarship program that encourages high school seniors to share their stories about mental health in an effort to end the stigma. For more info on this and how to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org.